and welcome back to the Black Dog Sports Podcast. I am your host, Arthur Hosey Jr. from the class of 2008, and we have an exciting show for you all today, despite the fact that nobody came to see Abilene Christian as if it were Otis. We're going to start off by talking about the Tua Tagovailoa injury suffered against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Then we're going to transition to talking about the memes in the women's basketball team and their games this past weekend. Then we're going to talk about the dogs in the NFL, and we're going to do a preview of what we assume is going to be a massacre of Abilene Christian. But the way that this season has been going, uh, we might want to keep an open mind. So I'm going to do the same thing that I do every week, and I'm going to start off by introducing the guys. We're going to start off with the senior member of the panel, Mr. Gabriel Ware. Gabe, what's happening? What's going on, everybody? Welcome, dog fans, to another show. Let's get this thing rocking. All right, bad boy, baby. So we're going to keep this thing going. Um, Second, you know, senior member, well, it could be Ricardo. I think he's like 41 or something like that. But either way it go, Mr. Derek Thomas, what's on your mind tonight? Man, I'm just glad to be back. I missed y'all. I wasn't on the show the past two weeks. Had some parental responsibilities to handle the past two weeks. Now I'm back and ready to talk Bulldog football. All right, yeah, bad boy, baby. You know, let me tell you something, brother. That puts me in the mind of myself and my contract negotiations where I have to tell people that I have children to feed, much like Latrell Sprewell. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't know, I do not have any children, but one day I plan to, and I'm going to need that money preemptively. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it to uh, Mr. Ricardo <laughs> Sills, because we do everything in order of age, which, like I say, he might be the oldest one. Who knows? But what's up, um, brother um, Blackfeet? What is homecoming? Ready to talk about the homecoming game, homecoming opponent, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, take that, take that, take that. So, next. (sighs) This man is a very close personal friend of mine. Okay. It's the first person that I met at Mississippi State University. I taught this young man how to drive, despite the fact that he's older than me. Okay. (laughs) This young man... You know, I, I, I helped him out through a lot of different times. He helped me through a lot of times. You know, I've been guiding him through this teaching thing because that's what black men do. So without any further <laughs> ado, I want to introduce Mr. Jeremy. I mean, Jeremiah Short. <laughs> As a point of clarification, you didn't teach me how to drive. You just told me to start back on my component, but whatever. Um, Fake news. No, nah, man. I'm glad that it did actually happen, people. You're not making that part up. But uh, I am glad to really just uh, be on the show this week. And oddly enough, I'm kind of glad to be talking about Michigan State basketball a little bit because I'm, you know, I really want to. I'm actually like been enjoying watching the girls play, man. That's the first time. I, I'm not like a women's basketball person. I'm not even going to lie, but. Like, like, just I don't always watch the whole game because most time, by the time I don't turn the game on or able to catch it on the app, they already ran off by thirty points. So it's not interesting at that point as far as the actual game, but just watching how good they are. So I'm, I, I really, I'm looking forward to at least talking about them a little bit and talking about the two situation. Hey, hey, check this out, people. If you're listening to this, you know it's gonna be after the fact, but um, y'all may or may not notice, but. 
The Mississippi State Bulldogs will be in Jackson, Mississippi on Thursday, facing off against the Jackson State Tigers. And tomorrow, um, Coach Vic Schaefer. Hey, hey, hey. What, the Tigers? Respect on the Jackson State Tigers now. They are coached by my good friend and homegirl, Tomika Reed, a Murrah graduate. Well, you know, your she's a coach, she, she played for Coach Anna Jackson. Of the, and I hate that I have to put respect on their name. And they the, they won a multiple state championship. So, you know, they might give Mississippi State a run for their money. But watch out for of that HBCU now. Of course they will. A team that just got done scoring 120 points, two games. Uh, never mind. It'll be fine. Trust me. Yeah, we picking Jackson State for the upset. Either way it go. Uh, they will be doing a little meet and greet here in Jackson tomorrow. And um, it's on my way home from work. I think I might, you know, fall through there. They're supposed to have some hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. So, if anything, I'm going to make me a plate before I leave. So, uh, now that we got that out the way, um, let's go ahead and start talking about the injury. Well, actually, two years in a row for uh, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa that he suffered at the hands of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, Auburn fans, um, you didn't get Leo Lewis, but we feel as though that you all should reimburse us the $10,000 that we spent to get him um, for basically putting an iron bowl on a plate for you all. So it's just a thought. You know, after y'all got done paying Cam Newton all of that money, y'all outbid us, you know, it is what it is. So we feel as though that y'all can return the favor on this one. So... Uh, I'm going to start off here with I'm, I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to start off with Ricardo. What are your thoughts on the injury that Tua suffered in the um, Mississippi State game? Like, should he have even been out there in the first place? Well, first first off, I like to start off with a saying out of uh, the great classic, paid in full. Uh, people get injured every day, B. And secondly, um, really, he shouldn't have been out there, but that's Nick, Nick Saban's cockiness coming back to bite him in the, in the butt tail again. I really think he should have probably played Mac Jones and Tua's little brother, uh, uh, little Bleo Tagovailoa. And I really hated hated it for him. I loved it, but hated it. I didn't want to see him get hurt. At the same time, like I just spoke on a while ago before the show, it's like and a couple more guys just spoke on You kind of want to see some new blood in there. We're tired of seeing the same old movie every year, every year. Um, I, I want to see some new people in there. And, you know, I, I would like to see how everything is going to play out. I feel like we had a spirited effort, a very good, strong um, physical effort. We probably could have put more points on the board, but, hey, that's another discussion for another day. Okay, so um... – you know, very tame point of view from Ricardo today. I like it. Nice, even kill. So let me go ahead and take it to Gabriel Ware. What do you think about the impact that this injury is going to have on college football this year and possibly even upcoming years? Well, should he have played? Yeah, because athletes play. That's what they do. Impact on the future of the game, I think, I, in my opinion, the game is sliding in the wrong direction anyway with guys sitting out of bowl games and guys, you know, not wanting to get hurt, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I feel like athletes compete. You're an athlete. You're not competing. You're not a dang on athlete. 
So you got to get out there and do your job. But honestly, because he's so highly touted and he's so, you know, on the, on the top of the food chain, it's going to affect the game. I don't know how. I don't know exactly what effect it's going to have. But you got to know that in our microwave panic first culture, somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, don't let the quarterback play. Or do something. There's going to be something silly to come up. But it, here's what I think about Tua. He got hurt, injured his ankle. Okay? Came back from that, came back and injured the knee on the other leg. Came back from that, now he's got a hip injury. To me, that just signals a guy that's injury prone. <laughs> Period, point blank. And there's nothing that you can really do about it other than put him in bubble wrap. So, in my opinion, it's just it's just sort of like the way things are going for him. It's not because he shouldn't have been in the game or should have been in the game. I just think he's injury prone. And there's just nothing you can do about that. So, I think it is what it is, but I definitely think it's going to have some sort of an impact regardless. Okay. Um, Derek, same question to you. What do you think is going to be the impact of the tour injury on this football season and coming football seasons? Well, the impact of this season is, <clears throat> excuse me, Alabama does not have their dominant quarterback anymore. Um, Mac Jones is a serviceable backup, but he's no tour. Uh, I think – with Mac Jones at quarterback, Alabama is not going to be the same respectable team that they would be if Tua was back there. Uh, Mac Jones has played well in spot duty this year, but again, he's no Tua. As far as the future, um, read that his surgery was a success, and they're already saying that you know he's going to be looking to resume uh, football activities in the spring. So. Uh, a lot of people may feel like this injury may be career-threatening because it's the same injury that my, unfortunately, he's on the team I hate the most. My favorite NFL running back outside of Christian Okoye, Bo Jackson, suffered uh, when he was caught from behind versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but I think Tua's going to be all right. I, mean, I, I hope his career is not over because he has a promising career. Now, as far as him being injury-prone, the man is not very big. I mean, people want to say, oh, uh, compare him to Russell Wilson. Man, he got a long way to catch up to Russell Wilson physically. He just isn't built sturdy. So he needs to put on some weight, man. They need to put that man in in the weight room, in the cafeteria or something, you know, put some weight on him, you know, so he can take these hits that he's taking. So um, I think, you know, this year um, Alabama's not going to be as respected as they were uh, going forward and next year. Uh, Tua, of course, is not going to go into the draft this year, so he'll be back for his senior year. And that may lead to Mac Jones transferring because waiting in the wings is Tua's baby brother, Talia, Tua whatever his name is, I can't pronounce it, but his baby brother. So maybe this may make Mac Jones leave. Maybe Mac Jones will come to state. Come on, we need a quarterback. But um, that's what I think on that. I don't know why every time you say Mac Jones, I be thinking about um, Big Mac. Mike Jones. A uh, mix between um, Mike Jones and Mac Brown. Like, I, I have no idea where that comes from. But Jeremiah. Ooh. Yeah, Mike Jones. Uh, Jeremiah, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Houston, uh, Jeremiah, what are you thinking about um, this whole tour situation? 
you know, number one, should Saban have had him out there in the first place? Two, what's going to be the impact on this college football season? And three, what might be the impact on college football as a whole, whether it's this year or going forward? Um, I think first, just as far as he should have been playing, I, don't, I think he wanted to play, and I don't think that was the issue. I think they had the mind on to play him two quarters if the game, of course, got out of hand early, which he did. And they're a fast-starting team, so it got out of hand early. But, you know, as everybody was saying, should he have played? If he didn't play in the second half and then score three points. I ain't saying that would have been the case if Mac Jones would have started in the first half, they wouldn't score three points, but you have to take that into consideration. You know, they didn't score more points. We just couldn't finish and, you know, score inside the, like, 20 because actually we were even moving the ball in the first half. I know, you know, we aren't getting into the time of season. It ain't really about him on this podcast. But at the same time, like, we just didn't finish drive. So the thing was, he should have played because I think, like, if he didn't play, I think the game could have been a little sketchy. Alabama couldn't risk messing around and losing a game to a thing they had no business losing to. Like, I know people are like, oh, they definitely could have beat Mississippi State. Like, they don't know that. They don't score three points without two of playing. So, I think that's something you really got to – and people have scored against Alabama this year. If you go back and look, they it have been plenty of games where people scored 20 – at least 20 points. So, I think, like, it wasn't crazy for them to play him. So, that in itself – Secondly, for this season, I think the only thing I could see happening this season would be, but guys already been sitting bowl games, so I could really see where guys probably probably sit more bowl games this year. Um, but I think where it's going to have a true impact on college football, I don't know if it'll happen next year, but I wouldn't be shocked. What I want to see is the first time someone just decides, not like a uh, what's back all those years ago, Maurice Correct and what's the other guy named Mike Williams all those years ago. How they tried to go pro early. I want to see the first guy to ultimately decide, not doing like basketball where they do an internship because it's different sports. Football operates a little different. But the first guy just to decide, hey, I'm not going to play my junior year. Like just decide not to play. Because you got to think a running back or a receiver or some a position like that. Uh, you already got where De'Aaron King has decided to register this senior year to come back and be part of a better team pretty much or transfer. So guys are already making little decisions like that. It's already getting a little pro-ish anyway with all the changes right. they're making as far as like players making money. So I think where it's going to really change, I got like Tua, what was his incentive to play for Alabama this year in some ways? You know, he won a championship already. So a guy like that – what? I just want to see the first time a guy just going to decide I'm not playing my junior year because I don't want to get hurt. I can see a running back for sure doing it. What's to stop a running back from being like, I'm not going to take no 300 hits this year on the team. I'm not going to do that. So that's where I think it really could change. I know I feel it's coming. It may not happen next year, but I wouldn't be shocked if it, shocked if it happened. Because everybody looking at Tua, he was projected to be number one. So I feel like that decision, my saving some thought it might have been career ending. It may not be. But it's going to cost him a lot of money because he's going to go from probably being drafted number one, two, or maybe three, somewhere in that top five, to probably in the 20s. I think he will go pro this year. I don't think he's going to come back. I personally don't think that's going to happen. He may, but I doubt it. What's his incentive to? Because he, uh, he's not probably, he shouldn't play next year. So he's probably going to have a red shirt year next year in the NFL. And I'm going to cut it short because I know I'm getting along with it. But uh, um, I think he will. Uh, it will change because somebody's gonna make that bold decision, then other guys gonna follow suit. Yeah, 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 bad boy, baby. So, um, you know, 
I've been thinking to myself that uh, personally, I think that he there wasn't a problem with him playing. I just think that he should have pulled the plug a little bit sooner than he did. And so, kind of like you say, I think that the the consequence might be that you will see people taking a more measured approach towards these things. Um, however, that's kind of our little spiel for, um, you know, Tua Tagovailoa. And we're now going to go into Mississippi State hoops. So, um, we got a recap of the, the men's game, the women's game. I think that who – anybody recall who the, the men played? Was it ULM or what? That's the, they played, like, what, two games, right? Uh, yeah, but um, I, for the life of me, have no idea who the boys played the other day. It was like ULM and – I do not remember off the top of my head. <laughs> like, that's the crazy Yeah, part. I think that's because we don't care. And uh, quite frankly, we're um, four and oh, yeah, New Orleans, that's who we played. Yeah, um, so let me ask you this Did anybody actually watch the game? Let me start off with with Gabe. Did you actually (laughs) watch the game? No, I did not. I haven't watched them play yet. I still haven't managed to catch a guy's game, so you haven't missed very much. So we going to move over from you to Ricardo Suggs. Did you actually watch the game? No. Okay, even better. Jeremiah, did you watch the game? I've actually watched pieces of the game. A lot of them, you know, being on, like, the app. So, a lot of times, I know you'll tag us, like, when the game is on. So, a lot of times, I'll try to pop in and watch it a little bit in the background. Um, so, I've had a chance to watch it a little bit. But I ain't going to say it like I can watch the whole game. But more so because it's on the app or it'd be, like, I'll, t- I'll forget that the game on or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I I watched like I had the game on, but I had it on mute. I was probably caking or something like that. It's real hard to say. So, uh, Derek, did you actually watch the game? <laughs> I have not watched a single Mississippi State men's basketball game. I watched the girls though. Okay, so um. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we don't have any thoughts on the UNO game. Nobody cared. We won by, like, what, 20 points or something like that? 82 to 59. Yeah. and um, I I will note something, though. I've noticed that our point total is how much we're beating teams by has grown since they moved Tyson Carter off the basketball, but, you know, whatever. Bro, we ain't played nobody. I'm just saying it's a noticeable difference. I'm just saying. first of all, let me let me make this clear. You know, um, the Starville High <laughs> people will have you know that Tyson Carter is the uh, and and Gabriel can back this up. Okay, uh, actually, Gabe, I don't think Gabe is even here. But if Gabe were here, Gabe would back this up that Tyson Carter is the absolute best player in Mississippi State history. Now I know y'all think about better than his dad. I know y'all thinking about Lawrence Roberts and you know the the Malone guy. Hey, you know, nobody, nobody that made the NBA all the fame. Yeah, you know, um, nobody. You know, you might be thinking about the Jamont Gordons and stuff like that. Screw that. Tyson Carter is the best player in Mississippi State <laughs> history. Point blank, bar none. And the fact that he was not starting all of these years. Is the main reason why uh, 
Joe Moorhead should be fired. Ain't it right, Gabe? Yes and no. Yes, it's right because he went to the illustrious Starkville High School. And no, it's not right because it's all lies. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> the fact that he went to Starkville High School, should we just expound on that in and, in and of itself? or you know? Nobody cares. Okay, well, man, I don't have much else to say. Okay, great. It's another Starkville High player who was rated with four. Was rated with four stars purely because he went to Mississippi. I mean, purely because he went to Starville High, and he probably should have ended up starting at Valley or something like that. But uh, that's a whole another <laughs> story entirely. Okay, so um, and no shade towards Valley because I know how Derek operate. You know, uh, the Delta Devils have a fine basketball team. Now I can't remember who the old guy was that used to dress in the pimp suits, but they used to be really good back in them days. I tell you what, um, you know, I saw my first basketball game, college basketball game ever. It was uh, Valley against Jackson State, and the game was at Valley. And that was, like, still to this day the hypest basketball game that I have ever been to, point mm-hmm. blank period. But you sound like you disagree, Derek. Well, no, I was going to say, I was going to name the legend that you were mentioning, the legend, Coach Lafayette Stribling. The best dressed coach in basketball history. I gotta agree. I have to agree. You know, um, so yeah, um, anybody else have anything that they want to say about the men's team? Uh what about Reggie Perry? You know, his shooting percentage is ass. Um and we have to decipher is that because he going to the hole too soft? Or are they not getting him the ball? Now, I'm looking at the stats from the UNO game, and he ended up with 14 and 9. But I noticed that Tyson Carter took 13 shots. Of course, eight of them were threes, and he only hit one of them. Jesus Christ put that dude back on the bench. And um, <laughs> Woodard. just got to get it in while he starts. <laughs> I mean... Robert Woodard, he, you know, shot 14, but he hit eight. You know, he was pretty efficient. Um, two of three, two of three from um, three-point land. But it's like, man, you know, can we get Reggie Perry some more, you know, touches like 16 WTF? rebounds, too. 16 rebounds. Yeah. So, Woodard so, had so 16 it seems rebounds. Like, it, it, it seems like to me, and I hate to just say we're going by the stats, it seems, and it's probably not all about Tyson Carter per se, but it seems like the team is really trying to turn them is being more being guard dominant when really we probably need to be like our well Robert Wood is kind of a hybrid, he's kind of a tweener and then Reggie Perry. They're the most efficient player and probably our best players, but we're playing through our guards when we should be playing through our bigs. Well, I mean, that's like I said last year, that um, you know, like you say, they trying to jack up shots and stuff like that. And Lamar Peters was the only person who was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to get Reggie Perry to basketball. And when Lamar Peters came out there and decided he wasn't going to jack up a bunch of shots and actually distribute the ball and actually get the ball into the post to Perry, that's when he had his breakout games. And did I mention before that Tyson Carter belongs on the bench? Yeah. Well, the thing okay. is good that at least Reggie Perry is still being, like, consistent as far as boarding up because he could disengage and be, like, a 14-and-six guy. But the fact that he's 
still hovering around 14, 15 points to get 10 rebounds. So essentially he's making his own offense. So he's not exactly like checking out. So the really the only thing holding him back right now is probably being a bit more efficient and them finding a get, way to get him at least five more touches a game. I mean, big normally don't shoot the ball 20 times, but he should be getting at least 14 shots a game, 14 or 15. I don't see no reason why he shouldn't. Right. And also, Abdul Adu is useless. I'm looking at his stats. <laughs> and this dude was stabbing foot five and had two rebounds and one point in 26 minutes. How the hell? And like, I probably could have. I probably could have gave him more than that. At least have five fouls. Like, what the heck is going on here? And here's the thing. Quentin Post played four minutes. He had three rebounds and two points. <laughs> exactly. And that dude looks like he's a hydrocephalic. But he still got the job done to a certain degree. But um, nobody really cares about that. Okay. Um... Mississippi State, the whole fandom, Bulldog Nation, we are delivered, okay? We do not like men's no more. We like women's. Women, 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 women. Okay? I'm disgusted. I'm, I'm disgusted with the men's basketball program. Because I, I, it just don't make sense. I can't make sense of it. I would like to see a top coach take exactly what we have right now and see what he can do with it. Because I just, I really do think we got some serious talent on that team. Yeah, but we just got done discussing. Well, I believe that. Here's my thing: is that I always, I have always maintained, and check out the fact that we just had all this "quote unquote" veteran leadership leave, and the team doesn't really even feel that much different. It doesn't feel like a young team that just lost their leaders. Because to me, all of them play hero ball. They have never played as a unit. And every time that you watch a game, it feels like you're watching five guys who've never played together a day in their life. So, um, like I say, the only thing that I saw that remotely resembled chemistry was between Reggie Perry and Lamar Peters. And by the way... um. Did did anybody get around and convincing Brandon Weatherspoon to not come to Mississippi State? Like, if no other person named Weatherspoon comes to Mississippi State, it would be too soon. Like, hating on the Weatherspoon, we one for two. I mean, okay, Quindary was okay, but for the oh, most part, okay. I mean, for the most part in big games, he turned out to be uh, Victoria Vivian's. Sue me. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I, think, you, but I think, I mean, I mean, he knows that she she was like Tori Victoria Vivians was the Chad Bumpus of big games. Victoria Vivians is like every Mississippi. Uh, Victoria Vivians is like every Mississippi State team ever. Um, during a Bama game, the quarterbacks, like even Dak Prescott would choke against Bama. Um, Victoria Vivians is the third leading score, well, the third leading scorer in Mississippi State history, but she had to take a bajillion more shots than everybody else on the list. She is a quote-unquote high-volume shooter. 
which is cold, for she would take 30 shots a game. And yeah, she had 20 points, but she was inefficient as Hades. And that's why she got benched in the NCAA tournament. But hey, hey, hey. We're we ain't finna be safe when we had Alexis rent. We not finna be having you hating on the queen, sir. Ain't nobody hating. I mean, everything that I just said. Yeah, everything that I just said. You can go look at the stats and it will back me up. Okay, you. We also had some of our best success with Queen V. I mean, God save the queen. I mean, that might be true, but it, in my opinion, I'm kind of torn on Victoria Vivians because on one hand, like you say, she did, she was the cornerstone of us, um, you know, building what we have today. And I feel as though that we would have not gotten there without her. But at the same time, when we started reaching those heights and we got to those national championship games, she was on a milk carton. What did Victoria Vivians do in a Notre Dame game? Nobody knows. I feel like they took the ball out of her hands. Oh, what? They needed to. Yeah, they took the ball out of hands. I'm going to tell you who took the ball out of hands, especially in the South Carolina game, uh, the other player. I mean, she was. She spent the first three years that she was at Mississippi State being a, you know, a freaking spot-up shooter. She was J.J. Reddick. And then when she finally got to her senior year, she realized, oh, well, you know, maybe, or maybe it was Vic who took forever to figure it out. Um, maybe I should use her kind of as a, um, like a forward. And she did really, really well, and her attempts went down, and she became more efficient. And I feel as though that if we had that Tory all four years, there's no telling what would have happened. But speaking of which... That brings us to uh, talking about the women's team, okay? So, the women's team uh, has scored over 120 points in the last two games. Okay, so that was against Murray State. I like how I had to say that, like, um, Mari. Okay, that was against Murray State and against Troy. So, um... We got to talk about the women, okay? And Vic Schaefer was actually kind of pissed off because he said that, you know, about, what did he say, like 10 of the girls showed up to the um, arena late. And then he was also disappointed about the fact that, yeah, y'all scored 122 points, but you also gave up 82. So um, I'm going to start off this time with Jeremiah. I know you watched the game. What are you thinking about when you watch the girls having been, you know, uh, us being a little bit further into the season now? Man, I'm like, as I'm watching them, the thing that's impressing me most is how talented they are. I mean, the size, the thing that a lot of times you watch girls basketball, every once in a while you see one girl that's kind of tall, no matter whether it's high school or, you know, college or pro, even pro. But, man, we got some trees out there for some of those girls. Even some of our, you know, looking at our starting lineup, what is it, six five? I don't call it baby, what is she, six one? Uh, Rakia six two. She's really. I'm, I think I. I mean, you were talking. You were saying. I don't believe for one second that she's just six two. She's pretty tall. I was like, man, she does stand out out there when she's on that court. I mean, I know she can handle the rock. She's more like a hybrid, but man, but you know, really, oddly enough, what I think about is the 2018 Mississippi State football defense. I felt like anybody could rotate in 
and you wouldn't even notice the difference. Like when I'm watching the girls team, I, I don't even know who out on the court, like at the guard position or, you know, I mean, some players stand out obviously, but uh, they, man, like they are just good, man. When I watch them, I'm like, man, it's just talent all across the court. I mean, somebody like Rakia Jackson is supposed to be a dominant player and possibly going to be our go-to girl. And she's like kind of just been all right. Like so far to see, she's been good, but, I mean, the team is so good. It's almost like she's just a member of the squad. It's not like she's a dumb – I mean, we're going to need her when we get the SEC schedule, obviously. But she – but it's probably good for her. She's able to just come along. She don't have to come in and dominate. And it's probably good for her because she's probably used to just being able to do what she wants. Now she got to come in and be part of a team concept. So her action might make her a better player. Um, but obviously, Schaefer's showing a lot of confidence in him, like, keeping on the court. But they're just really good. Like, just watch them. I know we haven't played nobody yet, but they're really, really good. Like, you just watch them. There's talent everywhere. Man, I tell you, oh, let me let me let me not talk about that just yet, but we go get around to it. So, Ricardo, what were you thinking? You know, what what do you think about the Lady Bulldogs so far through this season? I think uh, what we four games in. Um, I believe so. Uh, they look like the typical juggernaut through the regular season. The only thing I'm ready for is for them. Just, we're going to smash everybody in non-conference. I'm just ready for the SEC season to start. They look pretty good. As usual, uh, we have talent, as usual. Um, I just want to see, you know, like I said, like it's all fine and dandy now. I'm just waiting for everybody, waiting for the SEC season stick, uh, schedule to start kicking in. Right. Well, I tell you what, um, I think that we're going to get ourselves a, somewhat of a test when we go up against Marquette. So, um... Last year, I think that game came down to like overtime or something like that. So it would be prudent for us to not overlook them. Gabe, what are you thinking about the Lady Bulldogs four games into the season? What are some things that interest you, especially like with position battles and the development of Rakia Jackson and the emergence of freshmen, so on and so forth? Just whatever's on your mind. Well, first of all, you know, like I've been saying all along, I'm really excited about the women's basketball program in general right now. Um, this team right here, I think Jessica Carter emerged as a uh, probably the, the number one player right now at least. I don't think anybody – nobody knew exactly what she was going to bring this year, but seems like she's the heart of the team right now. Um, point guard players, excellent. They are at literally four deep at guard right now. And the freshman, Aaliyah Matharu, I'm telling you, is probably going to be the first or second best point guard we've ever had because of everything that she can do. She can she can handle the ball. She can run the offense. She can score. She shoots threes. She drives the lane. And she's got excellent leadership already. Two freshmen. Um, so, overall... And I'm, and I'm glad that Vic sort of was not happy with what happened the other night. They scored 122 points, still gave up 82 to a lesser team, which, you know, that, that doesn't look bad in the box score because we still beat them by 40. But that shows a lack of defensive domination. You know, it, I was uh, about to say that, they say that with the girls being late, that he threatened to only put four players out there and take a tech to start the game. 
and Maya Taylor talked them out of it. Yeah, they need that. They need that type of discipline because they're beating people by 40 and 50 points, and they could get complacent and thinking they really are that good, even though they hadn't played any SEC competition yet. But I'm telling y'all, what's coming up, in my opinion, in the next, what, three to five years, is a battle with South Carolina, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, for supremacy on a conference and a national level because Dawn Staley is recruiting over there. She's getting some horses on that team. We're recruiting. We're getting horses. I think, I think we're going to be going at it, and I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm definitely here for it. But if we don't cut the nest down in the next two or three seasons, I'm going to be highly disappointed. Well, I, I fully expect us to do that, though. Let me, let me tell you something that you might not have considered. Um, there is a team in Knoxville, Tennessee, that just got them a hotshot coach. And they still have talent despite what they've done the last few years. And uh, they could end up being a problem. Who did they hire? Uh, whoever it was, she was the coach at like Southeast Missouri State. No, it was Missouri State. And I think she took them to like, she took them really deep into the tournament. I know that much. So um, I cannot think of her name. But uh, right now, Tennessee is undefeated. And, of course, they, um, they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. And, uh, yeah, so Tennessee is kind of putting people on notice. And, like I say, they never lost talent, but the coaching was a little bit dicey. So Tennessee could be an issue. Um, it, it might not just be us in South Carolina. Now, when it comes to South Carolina, my issue is this. I hate to say this, but I think that Don Staley is a superior coach to Vic Schaefer. And the thing is, is that organizations take on the personalities of their leaders. And like when you look at South Carolina, it's like this kind of cold, calculated demeanor. And it's like. They remind me of like the Empire from Star Wars or something like that, the evil Empire. Not that they're like bad people or anything like that, but you know, they they kick ass and they take names and they're very unapologetic about it. Um, you know, they come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what they've done to Mississippi State over the years. Even after they lost Asia Wilson and Elena Coates last year, was like we could barely handle them, even in what was a down year. And South Carolina has been recruiting better than state. So we got Aaliyah Matharu, which is funny to me because she is a highly touted five-star prospect. But the only thing anybody ever talked about was Rakia Jackson. I didn't find out about Aaliyah Matharu and the fact that she was highly touted until like after the fact. And it's funny because now Aaliyah Matharu is the one who's making a bit more of a splash than Rakia Jackson is. Um, but well, I hate to interject there, but I mean, I think that's a shaper problem. Like I know you mentioned before that, and I guess we talked, you were talking about in even our group chat that, you know, Vic Shaper obviously is trying to recruit those players like an Asia Wilson. So obviously he relies, he has to change his recruitment philosophy, but I do kind of speak into what you're talking about, like that personality. I think like Dunn Staley 
obviously she was an elite player when she was a you know a player, and so you know them taking on that personality may be like what happens when you have an elite player that ends up being an elite coach. I mean, they take on her personality because that's who she was as a player. So Vic right. Schaefer doesn't have that that you know that cachet, I guess you would say. You know, she's going to be able to recruit because she was an elite women. A lot of those girls might have grew up looking to her, up to her or just studied her game. You know, she's a little older, so maybe some of the younger players don't know her. But, you know, they grew up like like she's one of the legends of the women's game, and that's just how it happened. Yeah, so, so with the thing that I'm kind of trying to say is that South Carolina, like, yeah, we brought in Rakia Jackson and we brought in Leo Matharu, but South Carolina – brought in like four or five of those caliber players. And in my opinion, I say that in with Vic Schaefer, we got the two national championship games with what I would consider to be a ragtag group of players. Like, Itty Bitty was cool, but Itty Bitty was also extremely Itty Bitty. And, you know, we had, you know, like Dominic Dillingham and Blair Schaefer, and they were good for some threes here or there, you know, take some charges and stuff like that. But Mississippi State ain't had nothing like in a, from, you know, and Rakia Jackson's school, but I hadn't seen so much from her. It's like I'm waiting on that moment for her to take over. Right now, I feel like she's like, I feel about her the way that I felt about uh, Malik Newman. Well, it was like, I'm waiting on him to break out and get 30 at any moment, and it just never really came. Um, we hadn't seen anything like an Aaliyah Matharu. So with her, it's like, yeah, Maya Taylor is starting. Maya Taylor gets her points and stuff like that, and they try and put Aaliyah Matharu in at the end, and she comes in 10 just like that. I know, it's funny. It's crazy, like, yeah. Like, there's just no denying what she brings. There's just no denying it. Everybody. Can. Yeah, and it's not even just her. It's like, you know, there's Aaliyah Matharu, and then there's Jemiah, um Crap, I didn't forget the girl's name. I knew her any other time. Jemiah What'd you say? Yeah, Mingo Young. So. Oh, yeah. She's good, too. Yeah. So, she comes like right in. Right off the bat. Yeah. Boom. You know. Six points, 10 points, 16 points, you know, whereas I will say that Rakia Jackson is like she will play like the entire game and her numbers are still like, OK, but Matharu, Mingo Young, they come in, boom, 10 points just like that. And so I have reservations as to like how long you can keep them off the floor, how long can we take these two girls, you know, and I'm talking about Matharu and Mingo Young, how long <coughs> can we only have them playing, you know, 10, 15 minutes coming in during garbage time, you know? But one thing that I will say is that they are pushing the people in front of them. Maya Taylor seems to be, like, very well aware of her situation. Because the first time that she went to the bench in that last game, it was like the look on her face was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, um, this girl is behind me, and I know that she's pushing me. And I would say that Jemiah Young, I would assume that maybe that's um, uh, Jordan Danbury's spot. 
you know? And if you look at the that game the other night against Murray State, our point totals actually went up. And when they put those freshmen in at the end in garbage time, they actually were scoring faster. They scored more points than the starters did. So it's like, how long can we just be putting them in in backup roles? Well, not backup roles. Like, how long can we just be putting them in in garbage time and the fourth quarter and all of that stuff? At some point, there's going to have to be a legitimate rotation because, in my opinion, you can't keep their talent on the bench. Now, with that being said, also, uh, Jessica Carter, she's, yeah, she's cemented. Like, she has gotten so much better from her first year to this year. Anyway, I, I didn't give Derek a chance to speak, so let me go ahead and do that. Derek, what you got for the women's team? Well, I'm just been you y'all, y'all know women's basketball is my passion. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk about the Lady Bulldog squad. And even though this team is very, very young, they are very, very talented. They just have yet to be tested yet. And I feel like Having young ladies who, you know, everyone was talking about Rakia Jackson. She showed out in the uh, overseas. She cemented herself as a person who can get the job done. But now that we're in the season, we're having everybody else step up. I think having so much talent is going to make us dangerous as this team grows. If you have, because look at look at our teams in the past. We had to depend on our starting five to score. Now we're almost 10 deep in scoring. I mean, we got people on the bench that will take you out if we have an injury. Before, if someone went down or got in foul trouble, man, we were struggling. So, and here's the thing. Most of these people, girls will be back and we add a five-star in Madison Hayes or a four-star in Deonna Gaston to this team. So, even though South Carolina is recruiting at a high level and, you know, and, and this is, I, I, have to, I have to say this, this bothers me, unfortunately. Those people up north have a higher rated class than us for some odd reason, but that's because they brought in um, more, more four players to our two. Uh, but still, um, our players are showing it on the court now. Even the players that no one really expected to play. Because Jamea Mingo Young, I mean, she has bounced back from knee injuries. She is a scoring machine. So she can score the basketball. That's what you need on your bench, especially as we get close to SEC season. We're going to need to see who we can depend on to come off the bench if someone gets into foul trouble. And, yes, I am so proud of Maya Taylor. I have been waiting for this since it was announced that she was coming to Mississippi State. I have been waiting for her to wake up from the coffin that she has been in as far as being a dominant player as she was in high school. I am happy that she woke up. These freshmen made her wake up because she would have been sitting over there on that bench if she (laughs) had not started to improve her play. And I do hate to say, you know, I I feel like we're definitely going to miss Bree. I mean, I know she left for whatever reasons, 
but we're definitely going to miss her. I can't wait to see where she ends up because she's one of my favorite Lady Bulldogs. I do wish she was still a part of this team because with her, oh, we're stronger. You know, we, we, that's another talented player that we can use to hurt teams when our starters aren't playing well, when Rakia Jackson isn't playing well. So I'm glad that these young ladies are um, are rounding in the form. Now, I am disappointed that they were late. We're going that's the thing. We don't we need to define who our leader is going to be. Whomever is the leader needs to get them in gear. That should never happen. Especially with a team that, you know, even though we're not picked to win the SEC, we have the talent to contend for it. So you gotta get in game mode. It's season mode. Now ain't no time for no showing up late or or whatever. It's time to get on the ball and get going. So yeah, I, I, I'm with Vic. I think he should have took that tech to send a message. Let me go ahead and say that. Um, let me ask you this, Derek. Is Texas A&M one of those teams that's picked to finish above us? Yep. Okay. So let me go on the record and say that, in my opinion, you know, uh, Texas A&M is fake news. Uh, I mean – yeah, they had a pretty decent win over Duke or whatever, you know, and that, you know, that's that's cool or whatever. But I think that the way that they play the game, that Carter isn't sustainable. Um, and when they come against a real team like Mississippi State, I think that we're gonna do what we've done to them the whole time, which is throttle them. You know, that that is what it is. Um you know, she's always taking, like, 25-plus shots or whatever. You know, I think she took, like, 30 shots the other game. So, uh, somebody, we had a spirited debate in the group team. Uh, the longer than any of our men's basketball threads. But um, somebody was saying that they like the way that she plays game and the intensity and that she's a winner. And I'm like, but what has she won since she's gotten there? The only thing that happened was is that there was a mass exodus of players. Um, shout out because we would have not gotten um oh god, what was the girl name that came from Texas AM? Last so year. don't nobody know that. Ariel Howard. Yeah, last year. Yeah. We wouldn't have got Ariel Howard. Yeah, we wouldn't have got her without Kennedy Carter. So uh, I think that we're going to maul them to death this year. I think that that hero ball crap of getting Kennedy Carter the ball and just moving out of the way um, isn't going to work. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got to say about that. So I think that we spent enough time on women's basketball, even though we're very passionate about it. Um, we don't know about you all, but, uh, yeah, we just, we just don't like men's no more. Uh, we're like Andrew Caldwell of um, Mississippi State Athletics, okay? Especially when it comes to basketball. We just we just don't care for the men's team. We like women's, you know, that's that's all I can say. So um, we now will have a uh, Bulldogs in the NFL. Man, this week in the NFL, we had some awesome performances by our Bulldogs. Um, I'm going to just run down every Bulldog that had a stat. Uh, in, in this weekend, last weekend's games, Nico Autry had a QB hit in the victory against Jacksonville. Uh, 
Uh, Fred Brown played but was not targeted by the Broncos. Um, let's see here. Logan Cook punted six times against the Colts. Um, Fletcher Cox collected the tackle and a QB hit in the loss in New England. JT Gray recorded a solo tackle on special teams for the third week in a row. So he's one of the New Orleans top-rated special teams players, according to Pro Football Focus. Kudos to JT Gray. Uh, Gabe Jackson, Jackson, I'm sorry, allowed just two, two QB pressures across six-day snaps in the Raiders' victory against Cincinnati. Uh, Chris Jones recorded two pass deflations and a QB hit in my Chiefs' defeat of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Bernard McKinney continues his stellar season, eight tackles while collecting a tackle for loss, and raises five stops, according to Pro Football Focus, and a loss to Baltimore. Dak Prescott, and I had him on my bench because I started Patrick Mahomes. Boy, what was I thinking? That Prescott was unconscious. 29 for 46, 444 yards, three touchdowns, 18 yards rushing in the third in the victory over the Lions. Let's see. Uh, Darius Slay collected three tackles and three pass defections against Dallas. Montez Sweat, one tackle, and while uh, also getting a QB hit against the uh, against New York. And uh, and another thing I want to talk about that hug that Darius Slay and Dak Prescott shared, you know, as they the Lions and the Cowboys played, that lets you know that our Bulldogs are, are doing well in the NFL. Two former Bulldogs on the big stage showing the love that they have for each other as Mississippi State Bulldogs, Hell State Bulldogs. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great look. Um... I think that, you know, the player who I've been paying the most attention to is Jeffrey Simmons. And I think they had a bad week this week. But, you know, that's cool because he's been doing his thing. And it looks like he's really fitting into that uh, Tennessee Titans culture, into the community. They seem to really like him. You know, and they've they've realized the thing about Jeffrey Simmons that we've realized, which is that he's a stand-up guy, great player, and just a great representative for um you know, Mississippi State University and for the Tennessee Titans organization. So, um, that brings to their us, franchise player. Yeah, that is a distinct possibility. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and move on to what you guys really came to hear about. Okay. We know that y'all don't care about two, you don't care <laughs> about the men's, women's football team, I mean, basketball team. What y'all really want to hear about is this Abilene Christian game. Um, so, as Fun you all are aware, really now, I thought yeah. you went to Millsaps. Well, my brother, when he, uh, he, he ended up joining the military after a semester, he actually was stationed in Abilene, and he went to college there uh, for his undergrad. You don't say. Okay, because yeah, I just... There. I about to say, I just remember him going to Millsaps. All right, so um, <laughs> who are some guys that you think, if things get out of hand, which, you know, I'm anticipating this being a close game, who are some young guys that y'all think that we should, you know, get in? Um, and should we even be bothering playing a team like Abilene Christian? I mean, I know it's a guaranteed win, but, like, what is there really to gain? And, like... How much is we go win by? So I'm gonna start this thing off with Jeremiah, since he's the one who suggested this topic anyway. Oh, all right. 
<laughs> uh, In case y'all want to know we made this shit. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that young running back Lee Witherspoon play, although part of me kind of wants to see, um, since it's homecoming, maybe let somebody like uh, Nick Gibson get the start and maybe just let him get off one game. You know, either guy I feel like has kind of gotten the shaft since he's been here at Mississippi State. I think he should have been playing for years. Like, every time I see him on the field, he looks good. Like, he's a good running back, and I just have never understood why he don't play more. Like, it really confuses me. But uh, but Lee Witherspoon, maybe Nick Gibson, that's a game I think maybe let Colin get in there for like a quarter at the most, even if you play him, because um, we need him for the egg bowl. Uh, so I want to see those those guys kind of get off. And I wouldn't mind seeing like a Javante Payton. I want to see some young guys get in there. Sorry, this is a good game to get them some reps. Because uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the Ole Miss game, so we don't know if we're going to have another bowl game to kind of get those guys ripped. Demonte Russell, we got to injure DN. Got like a Demonte Russell, um, maybe get a Nathan Pickering. Get those young guys some reps so we can kind of see what they're about. Maybe play a Charles Cross, even though I don't think they'll play him. But maybe someone like that, maybe a dollar bill, uh, that offensive tackle. So play some of those young guys and kind of get them a chance to really get their feet with um, so that's what who I would like to see playing. Uh, a guy I'm, I really want to see uh, play a lot this game is Sean Preston at safety. He's a guy I've kind of been keeping an eye on at that position. So I think he's a guy we need to keep our eye on. And um, to the other question, like I don't think we should be playing a team like this. I think the reason I say that I, I made it a topic because I think we really even got to look at some of the teams we're playing in non-conference. How is that really helping us? Now it's been great. If, you know, I guess it makes sense to play them before, like an Ole Miss, so it's a little – because it used to be we'd play like Alabama, then it'd be Arkansas and Ole Miss, so I guess the schedule's changed a little bit. But at the same time, at this point in the season, what do we gain by playing a team like this this late in the season and playing them, period, really? Like playing the Jackson States and playing the Alcorns and playing these Abilene Christians. Alcorn. Well, we played them before. Not this year, well, not, I'm saying in a general Alcorn. I don't care for much for Alcorn, but you're not going to say it wrong. Yeah, if you're going to say the names, you're going to say it right. Alcorn State University. Oh, my bad. It still sucks, but okay. Um, uh, they, uh, um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, y'all know, y'all know I'm going to ride for my, hey, I love Mississippi State, but I'm going to ride for my HBCU, so. Cool story, bro. Right. All right. Uh, but, nah, you know, it's just like playing those teams like this. I know they're a little paper wins type thing, but, you know, we're really not gaining anything. And we were hoping to one at one point we were saying we want to be in an elite program. You know, if you want to be in an elite program, you can't be playing teams like this. And I know everybody's been getting on Alabama a uh, week schedule. But, like, you got to at least play a D1 school. Like, come on now. I mean, they are um, D1, Jeremiah. Come on now, Jay Short. You should know that, man. They're D1. Nah, I was trying, I was trying yes, to Yes, they're D1. They're out of the Southland Conference. They're FCS. Exactly. Oh, I didn't realize they got bumped up. I always thought they were like a D2 school. I didn't, it was news to me. Well, All here's right. the thing. Um, Abilene Christian is sitting at, what, five and six? They are on a two-game losing streak. They got blown out by Southeastern Louisiana, who, believe it or not, guess who their quarterback is? They got well, 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 one of their quarterbacks. Um, well, Cole Kelly is one of the quarterbacks, but one of their quarterbacks is a former Mississippi State commit. Chasing Virgil. Name ring a bell? Uh, no. yeah, they do. That's the guy that else. Mullen th- took the scholarship from on signing day. 
I thought he ended up going to like Fresno State or something. He did, and he 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 started there for two years. He transferred to Southeastern Louisiana. He's been playing there for for the last two years. He threw for over three thousand yards last year. I, and I think he suffered an injury. So, but he's he was having another stellar year before he got nicked up. And Cole Kelly and Chase and Virgil, you know, have Southeastern Louisiana, you know, playing very well in FCS. So. Um, I would love to have Chase and Virgil right now compared to what we have a quarterback now. <laughs> well, why did Mullen take his scholarship? Uh, man, the world we never got a reason. I mean, well, that maybe I must- like because that was like a thing at the time because they really said they messed us up in the Dallas market when it comes to recruiting. But I think it was really like a like a talent thing, pretty much. You know, they may they had to. I think it was at because it, it was during I think the 2014 season, and it was after we lost to Alabama. And for understand what they were saying, I guess not message more, but what a lot of the guys were saying is like uh, uh, the recruiting people and things like that. They said that it was because Mullen decided to reevaluate our recruiting after we lost to Alabama and started really thinking about the caliber of talent that we were bringing into the program. And uh, for understand, that's one of those things they looked at with Chase on Virgil. Like he might not have been like a, and I think they were going to offer him a gray shirt. He might not have been like that caliber of guy, and they probably realized it. So, I mean, but, I mean, let's look at it. He went to Fresno State and couldn't cut it there and went to Southeast Louisiana, and now he's at Abilene Christian. I mean, sounds like he made the right decision. Sounds like he would fit in perfect with our team. Go to one school, suck. Go to another school, suck. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of of reminds me of another quarterback that we have starting now. But I'm – not gonna go in that direction. What, what were we talking Y'all about? Heard again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Ricardo, you got any thoughts on this uh, Abilene Christian game? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I did a little research on them, and they, oh, Lord. they they're, they're pretty much true. <laughs> um, I, I think I see a very, very, very exciting game come. Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium. Oh, at Lord. Uh, with it, it pretty much don't matter who who we have starting that quarterback. Uh, we can go get the quarterback from star behind. We can go get the quarterback from that. No, 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 whoa, 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 Ricardo, Winning. do not say uh, that. Uh, maybe from Armstrong. It won't matter. Winning. Mississippi State Bulldogs <laughs> in a in a landslide, seventy-eight to nothing. Hell, State. I thought you was like a pump bully out there. It don't matter. I mean, we could take a um, junior high school uh, player slash pickup player, put them out there at quarterback. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> they can become a radio host. I'm just, I'm just hoping Stevens don't go out there and sink the game up. Man, Tommy Stevens probably go out there and get tear his freaking hip up. Knowing him. Let's hope that don't happen. All right, so anybody else uh, kind of got anything they want to say about Abilene Christian? Because apparently we are not taking this um, topic very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if they come out and punch us in the mouth, it's going to be summer. It's rolling. Well, I'm, 
Well, hey, not like we, we trust me. I was uh, AJ. I, I don't know if we were at that game together. I don't know if you were there for the uh, main. Yeah, we was we yeah. was at the main game together. All I remember. Yeah, I was trying to remember. That was so long ago. Uh, uh, one yeah. of the running backs uh, fumbled in the end zone like three million times. I had a feeling. Though, I was watching the game. I kept noticing how we weren't finishing dropping. Man, I got a feeling we we're gonna mess around and let them make around too long. But uh. Uh, I remember right before the year before the main game, not even for a year, it was like the spring. I was talking to one of my friends that was on the team, um, my friend Dez, and I remember telling him, I was like, look, look, man, if y'all lose main, I'm not showing up to any more games uh, next year. You know, it's one of those things you just say, like, oh, it's no way that would ever happen. And then it did. Now, I actually didn't show up to the next game. <laughs> I remember showing up to the Florida game, but I didn't even show up to the next game. That was one and they still don't like it being brought up. My friend Dez got married a couple of years ago. Uh, some of his teammates uh, were all being in the wedding, and I actually brought the game. You know, they, just said he, they didn't like it getting brought up. <laughs> cool story, bro. It would have been nice if we could have heard anything that you said. <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> and what was sound like you was on the Death Star again or Alderaan or some shit. <laughs> Man, you need to get some better internet. You need to get some better internet, man. Well, I could. I I think it's really more because I guess I figured it out when I was uh, doing that radio show with other guys because I'm inside. I think it's because my house is my poor reception. What care are you with? Technically, it's AT&T. Go climb a tree or something, man. (laughs) All I got to do is come outside. Uh, I think the story story is cool enough, so I'll walk outside. Oh. In my gym. <laughs> All right, one six. My LT should kick in in five. LT. Oh yeah, I have LT. But um, no, we got five. But uh, can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. So I guess I have a funny story. Uh, my uh, one of my friends that was on the team. I remember the year before the main game. Uh, I was talking to them at the cab or the cafeteria, and they were just – I was just talking to them about – I was like, man, if y'all lose the main, man, I'm not showing up to any games the rest of the year, I swear. And it's one of those things you say, and you're like, there's no way this will ever happen. And then it did. So that was uh, interesting. And the funny thing is uh, they don't really like having it brought up that they lost the main. I know my friend – Dad got married a couple of years ago, and I went to the. Oh, I was the best man, one of the best men in the wedding, and I brought it up to some of the other guys who I was played in the game. And um, let's just say that one of them wasn't too happy to hear about it. Like, yeah, like, Jeremiah, they was, finna, they was finna get you. So can we blame? <laughs> can we blame the main loss on you, then, Jeremiah? Since you nah, blame it on that running, blame it on that running back. <laughs> Since you brought the bad karma, man. Blame it on the you fact that we the had bad karma, man. Man, no, was, I'm blaming on the fact we had Will Prosser receiving Chrome kicked off half of our four stars, but whatever. Bro, Will Prosser was so freaking slow. I still remember, AJ, you remember that one pass that Omar made in the spring game? It was Dear like a God. little wow wow. Yes. The ball was in the air. The ball was in the air for like 20 seconds. Still, <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't able to catch him to because you know Omar couldn't. Dang, go, Arthur, like, you dropping in bombs, man. Hey, 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 oh. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> 
Oh, my bad. That that uh wigger was so slow. I had never seen oh, anything well, like it. I ain't it. talking about the N word. I'm talking to fake. You talking about Omar? I don't even, that actually fit in context. It wasn't like a Ricardo N word. Yeah. Okay. I don't even anyway. know what I'm saying now, no more. Anyway, the point is that Will Prosser was slow as molasses in the wear time. I could have got my fat-ass Kelly Price-looking self out there and caught the ball, okay, in the time that it took that, but, you know, because all Omar threw was ducks. I love Omar. Great dude. I, but all he threw was ducks. I mean, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Okay, go ahead. I'll let the county on you. <laughs> Think them star girl people bad. You know, them my people, them Nazi people, so... I mean, Knoxby ain't as bad when it comes to producing talent as, you know, Starville. But, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Knoxby has a mother. Well, you got Jeffrey Simmons. You got Dan no, Buchanan. I'm, like, I'm talking about people that they over. They must be sleep over there because he ain't saying nothing. He probably I mean, is. Facts are facts. I mean, Starville got what? Travis Outlaw and Willie Gay? But don't forget about A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we getting ready to do? There's about to be a barrage of talent in the NFL. Oh Lord! Out of the illustrious, <laughs> y'all only had to put like five schools together. A barrage. What? They put two county schools that were negative one A schools. That is of no help. Whatsoever. I mean, they still had you know some people who came out of there, but the point is this: no. every little bit here. The point is this, that Starville High, don't, uh, you know what? I ain't got time for that. The point is this, that West Point ain't that much behind y'all. Every five years, every, every year, West Point got a four, five-star running back who get to state, and you can barely even remember the ninja name. It's that, actually been the quarterback. Traditionally, it's been they starting quarterback that was the superstar. The GTA is really the hub of sports <sighs> The state of Mississippi. West Point it's, has, you serious? Okay. I'm from the GTA. You know what? Know okay, absurd. wait, wait a second. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm from the GTA, and I know that's absurd. You went to <laughs> like, Caledonia. GTA. That's a private school. The GTA. Hey, we got to hey, do that with Jackson in the first round, so bump what you talking you went about. To, you went to Caledonia. That's a racist school. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably that's true. Better, <laughs> yeah. What's the matter, dog? Don't, 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 don't get me started on that. <laughs> What's the matter, dog? You want to talk about the technical name on the news? If them feds only knew. Okay. Well, okay, we get ready. <laughs> let me ask you this. What is that? Ricardo, Ricardo, is you a whippet or what? I've never been clear on that. Yeah, I went to school at Cosby School. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know who Cosby School is named after? Yeah, that is Cosby School. A post general. Oh, okay. Okay, good job. Oh, wow. Y'all got like a history and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. They call the beehive of the hill. That's why I'm taking extra energy and, and, and tasting this game, Greenwood versus Louisville Friday. I'm hoping Green, Greenwood has one job. I mean, not Greenville, but Greenwood. Greenwood got one job Friday night. If y'all hey, do, I'm hey, I, I, hey, I've seen stranger things happen, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm, we, we hoping for this. Like, the hate between Kazisco and Louisville runs deep. It's deeper than so that's like considered a robbery or something. Yeah, yeah, that hate. Why? Wow. Like Louisville is like pretty dominant. Like when have y'all actually beat them? Okay, wait a second. All right, I'm gonna have. <laughs> to... <laughs> I, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. I gotta. Bring...
I got to bring sanity back because we can just broke out into <laughs> just like a regular conversation. Louisville is also a part of the GTA, by the way. I just needed to throw that what? in there. Wait, Barely. what? Louisville? Not. Thir- Barely. 20 minutes away. See, I tried, to bring, I tried to bring Sanity back to the podcast. And you can't send it to them so we can add good teams into the GTA. I ain't okay, got wait. no dog okay. in this fight because my charges ain't hitting on nothing this year. Yeah, the, the Hornets is pure Never garbage, ever. but such is life. Um, but we still put more folks in the NFL to solve it. But anyway, so uh, that brings <laughs> us to the end of the Black Dogs podcast. I'm going to give uh, everybody an opportunity to Give their part and shots where they can talk about Kosciuszko or how overrated Starkville High's football program or any program for that matter is. And they can try and claim cool Papa Bill to say that they um produced. Right. <laughs> so they can say they produce baseball players. That like, you know, it all right there. Man, you know, good and right. dog and will didn't go to no Starkville High School. That was back during segregation Ooh, like a mofo. Ooh, Man, go, ju- go jump out of an airplane. You better off claiming the dude who inside peanut butter, outside jelly. Seven days of the week, seven different shit. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? He played well, baseball he somewhere in Octavahaw County. Yeah, he went throwback. Starkville. Yeah, that boy at the Ville out there, Blackjack somewhere. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's called Jack. a county. That's called a county, but whatever. You know, Sarva has hard to claim folks that didn't even go uh, there. Since you bringing up peanut butter and jelly, that's my that's my cousin-in-law. So Cadillac Dunn, he graduated from Mississippi Valley State University, and he played baseball for Valley. So you know, exactly. if you gonna bring up Cadillac John and Jay Money, I gotta throw that in there. So you know, that's your cousin yeah. for real. Well, uh, he married my cousin. Huh, interesting. Perfect. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna start off by uh. Letting, let me see. I, I'm gonna go with Ricardo last because you'll start talking about Africa. So, uh, Jeremiah, hey, go ahead and give us your final thoughts first. Uh, man, I just wanted to just point out the fact that Caledonia has more first rounders than Sorry, go high. Hill State. Fair enough. All right, Gabriel Ware, I'm gonna let you get a rebuttal. Said first rounders, maybe who? Because I've never heard of that. Yeah, got drafted in the first round from Mississippi State. Whatever. Well, starting with cool Papa Bell. Oh, just right here. I just got done saying <laughs> that they were super, they were super segregated back then. He did not go to a Starkville High. That is cool fake news. Cool Papa was the first overall pick in the 1945 Negro League draft. You know they wouldn't. They didn't have no integrated school back then. You, you might want to bring up Ole Miss National Championship. It was televised. <laughs> the draft was televised. Mythical <laughs> National Championship. <laughs> Mythical. This man said, cool Papa Bill. <laughs> that Negro League? Oh my God! In the 1945 uh, Negro League draft, he was the first overall pick. Ain't even know they had a draft for the Negro League. <laughs> Out of Black Jack Preparatory Bro, Academy. Black Jack Who was that Preparatory. With that high pitched voice, Jeremiah. Is that you? Yeah, that Jeremiah. <laughs> Wait, so what'd you say the name of the school was? Black Jack Preparatory Academy. <laughs> You went to Blackjack. They're surprised at school. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they got an actual school? No. Oh, God. 
And he tied Starville high. Man, get the freak out of here. Anyway, Derek, what you got for us, man? Bring some sanity back to the podcast. Man, I just want our Bulldogs to try to end this season on a positive note. Uh, get this win versus Abilene Christian and get ready for the Egg Bowl. Find some way to stop John Rice Plumlee's rushing attack. Um, I want the men and women's basketball team to continue playing at a high level. Um, it's time for the men to show something this year. I, I can't wait to see this women's team continue to blossom and grow uh, as, the, as the youth uh, movement is definitely uh, <coughs> on the move for the Lady Bulldogs. Now, how are you going to cough on my party moment? Mute your phone. Okay, bye. Fake news media. Cool pop of L. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Ricardo, go ahead and tell us about um, how HIV was invented by the American government to get rid of the black men and gays. Hey, bro, chill out with that, man. Nah, I'm just waiting for the game to we'll see what we're going to put on the field this weekend, man, so we can get ready for this slobber knock on Thanksgiving against uh them boys in the red, white, and blue because uh, we don't come to play. Jeez. Right. Okay, so I want to thank anybody that's still listening to this. Uh, I am apologetic. This, this uh, episode of the podcast got away from us a little bit. And um, I don't have anything. It was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. It was indeed fun. Um, more, it was actually more organic. It's supposed to be like a conversation, so I think that's kind of how you want it to be. Man, if y'all ninjas don't let me in this so I can make some fried chicken and collard greens, this is going to be a problem. Okay? I'm starving. Anyway, um, wait, so what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like Fuzzy Zeller said. Okay, so I don't have anything too, too, too deep to say today. Um, I would go on a rant about all the, the rash of videos of um, teachers and students fighting um, and say that sometimes it just be like that. Sometimes a little son of a gun just go there and you have to let them know that um, you from the trenches, okay? Uh, but if you don't know anything else, I just want you to know that Cool Papa Bell's affiliation with Starville High is about as real as UCF's national championship. K-bye!